This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's Word to your daily life. To Hope Alive's Friday side notes. Uh, on Fridays, we're going to delve into some side notes. And what are side notes? Well, they may be historical issues that I want to deal with that give you a biblical perspective. It might be something economic, might be something from the Bible, might be some symbolism from the Bible, or it might even just be some ideas, philosophical, maybe even scientific that interest me and that I think the Bible either speaks to. They shed light on scripture and allow you to understand and see scripture in uh, maybe a new, a different, a more in-depth way than you saw it before. So uh, Friday Side Notes is a dealer's choice type situation for me in that I am going to just give you information that is important. Welcome to Friday Side Notes. This is our Friday episode where we uh, don't get deep into the Word of God. We're not going through a verse-by-verse Bible study, but we're dealing with topics, some issues, uh, maybe something that helps you with your Bible study. Maybe some something to help you understand the Bible or how the Word of God's put together. Might be something political, might be something economic, might be something scientific, might be something historical. It, it's no telling what we're going to be talking about on Friday, but usually I want to talk about something that will help not only in your uh, search and, and study of God's Word, but also help you in your own walk with, with Jesus Christ and understanding what's going on in the world around you. Today, we want to deal with cults, and cults are an uh, interesting study. They're an interesting understanding to have. Some places, if you'll look them up on the internet, deal with cults as a general topic as far as how a person relates to a religion. And many of those places, if you read what they define a cult as, what they're really just saying is religion is a cult. But as far as Christianity and the Christian perspective, there's a couple of things I need you to know. First, before we talk about what is a cult, you need to talk, you need to understand what is not. First of all, the things that are not cults are other religions. And when I say other religions, I'm talking about religions that don't come from the same Judeo-Christian background. They don't derive from the same theological understanding of God that the Bible teaches, both in the Old Testament and New Testament. And uh, Judaism is a religion. It is uh, a religion in which Christianity came from. And so it is another religion, but it is very closely tied to Christianity in its origins and, and in its practice and in its worship of the same God. Other religions worship other gods, whether it be Islam, whether it be Buddhism, whether it be Hinduism, Taoism, Maoism. There's all kinds of other religions in which uh, they worship uh, a whole another god and they have whole different practices that uh, don't come from Christianity. Some of them are monotheistic, like Buddhism, like Hinduism. Some of them are uh, polytheistic. Like, like I said, like Buddhism and Hinduism, and some of them are uh, monotheistic, uh, like Islam uh, or uh, some other religions. And then there are some that teach something that is just spiritualism. It's some kind of uh, spiritual walk. What, what it's basically teaching is, is there something beyond this physical world? And uh, some of them may not even in, in a real form even be a religion. Then you have what we call the occult. And the occult is a... Uh, is worship of, the best way for me to describe it to you is it's the worship of uh, the satanic or the evil or what we would call the things that are celebrated on at Halloween. Witchcraft, it's it's the worship of a guy, fallen angels, of demons, of the devil, of ghosts, of things like that. 
And uh, that kind of worship is called the occult. And they're not a cult, they're the occult. And so the occult and other religions are not what we're talking about when we talk about what is a cult. Also, there may be Christian churches who uh, hold basic Christian orthodoxies who have cultic practices. And um, a lot of times like Scientology is a whole other religion. It doesn't come from Christianity, but they have cultic practices. And uh, cultic practices can exist in other religions. They can exist in the occult. They do exist in the occult. And uh, they can exist in what we would call uh, fundamental Christian or evangelical Christian uh, churches. And those those signs or those things does not make that church a cult, but it may uh, be a problem in that they they deal with uh, people and they deal with their people in a very cultic fashion. One of the things they may do is they may they may tell their people that they have to believe exactly what they're t- told and they can't seek out God and find God and come to their understanding of God on their own. They're, they're given a, a set of things that they must believe, do, act upon, say, be like, and that's a cultic practice. On the other end, they may tell you that uh, you can believe what you want to believe. And uh, if your beliefs are out of line with the biblical truth or with the word of God, that's okay. Both of those are cultic practices. One of them is a spiritualism and, and the other one is leaning toward legalism. Both of them could be described as cult, cultic practices. Uh, also, um, one of the things that a, a cultic type church might do is, is they may uh, not allow you to question the leadership of the church in any way. Question how things are done, question how things are run, question how the money's spent, question the teachings of the pastor or the teachings of the elders or the teachings of the leaders of the church. That's a cultic practice. One of the things I for sure want to do in my church is I want to leave open the door for people to ask questions because that's really... The only way for you to learn is to uh, seek out and ask questions of people who know the word better than you, ask ask questions of your pastor so that you can get some guidance and be shepherded, and also ask questions of God. One of the best things to do with God is to say, why is this happening this way? Why does your word say this? Why? Because it causes you to seek out the truth. It causes you to seek out God's word. They also may have traditions in their church that are almost like commandments. They're the things that are not in scripture. They're not They're not found in the word, but they're just commandments. And they're things that you have to do to be a part of their church. That's a cultic practice. Now, like I said, a lot of fundamental Christian churches have uh, legalism in, involved and then they force you to live by some legalistic and harsh rules. What you wear and where you go and who you talk to and what you may consume physically, they're rule oriented. And that can be very cultic in nature. It can be something that causes you to feel like you're a part of a cult because uh, they're controlling your life. They also may look at other religions or not other religions, other Christians uh, and other Christian churches and other Christian groups as uh, well they're not really Christians. And a lot of times what they're teaching is that we're the only way. What we believe is absolutely right and everybody else is totally wrong. And one of the things that I've come to understand in the years that I've been a pastor and in, in the years that I've I've uh, dealt with other people, I figured out that God's work in the lives of others goes on in a lot of ways that I, I, I can't explain, but he's at work. He's at work even in churches that some of them I even think of as cults. I can see how a person 
in a certain situation might actually be chasing after Jesus and have faith in the real Jesus Christ as he's presented in the Bible. So I try not to decide who's not going to heaven. I, I try to be a light to those who might uh, be interested in a relationship with God. And I especially don't try to uh, decide who and where and what uh, God's moving in because my God's an awesome God. He moves in a lot of ways that I wouldn't imagine. And he, he, I'm glad he does because I can't imagine how he got to me. And so I think that's very important that you understand that when you're being isolated from the other Christians in the world, maybe you're in a church that's practicing some cultic practices. Maybe they're not a cult, but maybe they're doing some things that are cultic in nature. They also don't allow you, they may be threatening and, and badgering and social distancing themselves from you and causing you to be isolated. That's a cultic practice, and that is very scary when a church starts doing that. What that means is that church has got some issues and probably has some issues in its leadership where its leadership is trying to maintain control. It's a control issue, and that's where legalism usually comes from. Uh, a lot of times a church is very opaque. They're, they're, what they are is that it's hard to see what's really going on behind the scenes. It's hard to see who's in charge. It's hard to see how decisions are being made. They're not transparent as to where the money's spent, and they're not transparent as to the decisions they're making out in the open. Uh, that can be a cultic practice, and it's, it's problematic. Jesus is light, and God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. And when we're hiding things, Oftentimes we're hiding things for a reason, and, and that's a cultic practice also. And then finally, a lot of times a, a, a church will, will want their people to be more like them and less, they're not even really focused on them being like Christ. What they're focused on is they're building a group of people that are all just alike. And that can be very problematic. Why? Because Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And your church ought to be somewhat diverse. It ought to be diverse racially. It ought to be diverse uh, by gender. It ought to be diverse by uh, by where people come from as far as their socioeconomic background. It, it ought to be, they ought to be diverse in uh, their backgrounds and when they came to Christ, some of them as children, some of them as young adults, some of them even as older adults. Those are important things to have in your church. It's important to have uh, what we call gray hair. And now that my hair is mostly gray, I, I'm, I'm, I'm in that crowd and you need to have children and babies and youth and young adults. You need to have all that. And, and a lot of times when you have that, you're going to have people from different backgrounds and different ways of seeing things, and they're not going to look all the same and act all the same. And so uh, a church that has that going on usually doesn't fall into the, uh, the trap of having people that seem like they're all the same, which can be very closed off to people out in the world who don't understand God and don't understand uh, how he works. Now, what is a cult? Cult is a religious group that derives its original teaching from Christianity in some way. And what they've done is they've diverged from historic Orthodox Christianity. And what I mean by that, well, if you'll remember back, I did a Bible study recently on a Friday side note, actually, on hills to down. And those hills to down are the important theological understanding and truths, the underpinning theological understandings that, that mark Christianity as Christianity. And they're important. 
And there are a lot of things that we can disagree on in scripture, but those are the hills to die on. And then they deal with the divinity of Christ. They deal with the Trinity. They deal with Jesus being both man and God. They deal with God being the creator and author of the universe. They deal with the end times and understanding that God's going to culminate all these things and bring everything back together. They deal with the uh, virgin birth. There's a lot of things out there that Orthodox Christian beliefs and uh, a cult diverges from those, and, and they diverge from them in very distinct ways. One of the first ways that they always diverge from them, and, and they have to do this in order to diverge from them, is they add to God's Word. And what I mean, they usually add another book or another teaching that is uh, just as important, if not more important than God's word. And eventually what it happens is it becomes more important. Uh, Watchtower Magazine is a magazine um, uh, by, by the Jehovah's Witnesses. And ultimately the teaching of Watchtower, Mag Watchtower uh, Bible, and I can't remember even what it's called, but their organization is more important than actually what the Bible teaches. And in fact, they went in and made their own translation of the Bible. And the people that were translating the Bible, none of them actually uh, could read or understand Greek. What they basically did is rewrote the Bible the way they wanted it to read. And the teachings of their book is extra biblical teaching. And it's more important than actually what the Bible teaches. And it's easy to go in that direction when we want to teach people what we believe and rather than just teaching God's word. And that's what uh, really Hope Alive is all about. Hope Alive is about teaching God's word. It's about showing you how to walk through the Bible and find uh, the truths of God's word on your own. We're not, in, we're not interested in having some other book. The Book of Mormon is one of those books out there. Like I said, uh, Watchtower Magazine. There, there are many of them out there. And as you look into a cult, usually there's another book out there that is co-equal with the Bible in its teaching. And that's a sure sign that a church is a cult. Another way that a church becomes cultic in its teaching is that they, they take from Jesus. They subtract from who he is. Jesus, as the Bible presents him, is the eternal God himself. He was God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. That's uh, Genesis chapter one and John chapter one. He is both God and man. And now he's not a mixture of God and man. He's 100% God and 100% man. And he is a co-equal part of the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And the Father is the will of God. The Son is the physical manifestation of God. And the Holy Spirit is the power and the presence of God. And if you take away from Jesus any of that role that he's clearly presented as in Scripture, you have begun to slide into uh, occultic teaching. Anybody who says that Jesus wasn't a man is teaching cultic theology, is teaching heresy is what they're teaching. If they teach that Jesus was God, but not a man, or if they teach that Jesus was a man, just like us, and then he became God, that's a, a cultic teaching. He was with God in the beginning. That's what John chapter one says. And so there's no way to get around it. Jesus was not an angel. He was God. And he came in the Old Testament as an angel of the Lord, but he was still God. He's the Lord God in the Old Testament. He did present himself to the world many times in the Old Testament, but then he finally came in his fullness, in his full physical form, 
and uh, was the God man. He's 100% God and 100% man. If anybody teaches you anything other than that's occultic teaching, that's heresy, and that's uh, something to be avoided. Another thing that is important is the requirements that are given to you in order for you to be saved or in order for you to have a relationship with God. They add to, or maybe they multiply is the best way to describe it, what's required for a relationship with God, what's required to be uh, born again, to be saved, and to be glorified. And uh, a lot of churches will drift into this because we love legalism. We love the law. And uh, we don't like grace. And the Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, meaning I'm saved by God's grace. And then it activates this gift that God has given me, which is the gift of faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Notice God's the one at work. God's the one that's doing it. Not of yourself, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any should boast. We don't do it, God does it. And uh, ultimately, that's what is required for salvation. It's what's required is a faith in Jesus Christ. We exercise our faith and we grow in our salvation and we become who we're supposed to be. If somebody adds something to that, you got to be, you got to trust God and this, or you got to have faith in God in this. That's a cultic teaching. And finally, a lot of times you'll find that cults, what they'll do is uh, they will make you, will make you trust in either a group of people as leaders or a, or one individual as a leader. They'll divide your loyalty to God with someone else. And that is a major issue scripturally. No one is God. No, not one. Each is turned to his own wicked ways. We're not God. We're not. And human beings are not God. Jesus is the only man who is God and that's it. And many churches will teach that someone else, some other, I'm thinking about the Mormons and, and Joseph Smith, they're more, they're just equal. They're equal with Jesus. They're equal with God. And that's a cultic teaching. And anytime someone uh, presents themselves as Jesus or uh, uh, co-equal with Jesus, what they're doing is they are an antichrist. And remember, the word anti doesn't mean against. It means in place of. And what they're saying to you is, I'm God. And that's just not the way it is. And I hope that this study, or at least this little time together we have on Friday mornings, I hope it opens your eyes up uh, to what is a cult and what is not a cult what might be cultic practices in a church, but are not uh, necessarily make that church a cult. And then really understanding what the teachings are that cause a church to drift into, uh, well, drift into heresy and become a cult. And, and those things are, are pretty simple. They, you just basically, you add to God's word, you provide something else that's co-equal with God. You, you take from Jesus or you multiply something that uh, is required in order to be saved other than faith and faith alone. And uh, boy, that's the motto of, of Protestantism. It is the understanding that faith is what God requires for a relationship with him. And then finally, they try to make you follow someone else as if they're God. And that just is not, it's not the way God made it to be. It's not the truth. It's not how life is supposed to be. And if you find yourself in a situation where you're dealing with that, a little prepper that you can just go in and, and, and listen to this again, and you'll get an understanding of what you're dealing with. And if you find yourself in a church that's doing these things, maybe you need to consider why they're doing it. 
and maybe you need to even spend some time in God's word, spend some time in prayer and find a place that uh, teaches you uh, fundamental truths of scripture that teach you the word of God regularly and that encourage you to walk with God in a powerful and unique relationship. And I'm going to say that you're going to do that. I believe that you are. I believe the reason you're listening to this podcast is that you uh, desire an intimate and a powerful relationship with God. And God's going to put you right in the right place where you can be discipled, where you can be grown, and where you can learn uh, God's word and walk in it. And I pray that will be the case for you as you go today. In Jesus' name. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.